Blog Talk Radio. Tune in every Monday from 10 a.m. to 12 to Awake with All Set on Evolution Radio, where the revolution is the evolution. Hi, guys. Welcome to Awake with All Set. Um, this is Teak, and we're going to be taking over again for this Monday. Um, today, we're going to be talking about emotional intelligence and how to conquer emotional triggers. The first thing we have to do to um, have emotional intelligence is to understand emotional intelligence. And the first thing we have to do to conquer anxiety triggers is to understand the cause of anxiety triggers. And they go both hand in hand. To have emotional intelligence, to understand um, your emotions and where they come from or where they stem from and how to manage them. And at the same time, to conquer uh, emotional uh, anxiety triggers, it's understanding again where they stem from, where they come from, why why do we react this way, why are we so hurt by something, why does it make us so anxious and impulsive and makes us react in ways, you know, that we at the time might not be proud of or ashamed of. Okay, so emotional intelligence. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Emotional intelligence. I'm going to take my time with this one. Because this topic is actually really important to me. Um, it's very, it's fairly new, um, understanding emotional intelligence. And um, so there's still studies and, you know, te- and, you know, I'd say, um, I guess I'll say, yeah, just more studies and for more development to understanding our emotions, how we deal with them. But emotional intelligence is basically the ability to recognize, understand, and manage your own emotions and recognize, understand, and influence the emotion of others. So in short, it's basically for saying, for instance, I'm just going to give a quick example. I'm going to give plenty of examples throughout the show as I continue to talk about having emotional intelligence and how to have emotional intelligence. Uh, a quick example might be, for example, sorry. for instance, if someone was to say something that triggered you, unknowingly that it triggered you, and most people might have an attitude, react, or, you know, get get on that defensive towards it or might put it back out instead of looking within themselves and try to understand why did that comment bother me so much? Why was I so triggered by that? You know, why was and, and, and process that emotion instead of acting on their first impulse? One thing I want you guys to understand about emotion intelligence is that it's not something that people are born with. It's not something that's like, some people have it, some people don't. Some people, it's, it's intelligence. It's in the word. It's like it's, it takes education. So everyone has to study and practice to develop their intelligence, their emotional intelligence. It's kind of like, for instance, um, when you're first born, your your brain is basically undeveloped. But then you learn, you know, your parents teach you, yes, no, hot, cold, um, mom, dad. So your, your your intelligence is developing for what you're understanding, what you're doing with how you process. And then you go to school, you might be really good at math. You're excelling in math. You have a high IQ and certain things and high you know, and you may not be good at certain other things. But one thing that we have learned is that anything can be learned and anything can be unlearned. So if you want to be smarter, you want to be more educated, you, you know what you have to do. You have to study. You have to practice is a skill that you can require, anyone can require, and you know um, 
what you lack, you know what you need to improve on, and you know where you stand. So it's like, for instance, you take a um, standardized test and they tell you where your intelligence lies. The same thing. You understand, you know yourself more better than anyone else knows you. You know what hurts you. Know what you you know what makes you sad, what makes you cry, what motivates, and you understand these things and you work at these things. You process these things. It's it helps you become a more balanced, well-adjusted person. I think that's what we all want to be. A lot of us are, most of us, I would say all of us are guided by our emotions, and the goal is to not let ourselves be driven by our emotions impulsively, but to understand them more in-depthly, understand ourselves more in-depthly. Through practice, you can become an observer and develop a deep understanding of emotions. This gives you the advantage in trigger situations because you are able to understand, manage, and influence a greater variety of emotions. And I want to give a I want to give a, an example. For instance, um, for an emotionally intelligent person, for example, if uh, you're talking, say you're talking to someone, I give this example because it's it's a very obvious situation when someone feels the most hurt or disappointed. Someone and you know, things seem to be on the right track, you know, and, and you seem to feel like you're vibing with them and then all of a sudden it just doesn't work out for whatever reason. Um, a person with, with low emotional intelligence might react in a way that they get angry and they might post stuff online, you know, just impulsively, or they might constantly call and text this person or stalk this person, or they might look within themselves and feel like it's because of me it didn't work out. They start to berate and belittle themselves and pull themselves down because it's like it's because of me or I'm unlovable. That's someone with a low level of intelligence. Now, a person with a high emotional intelligence, now don't get me wrong, you might be a little hard disappointed, but you can understand why you are. Because, again, you would say to yourself, you know, I like that person, I thought it was going somewhere. But you do not have control over someone and how they react. A person with high emotional intelligence understands that setbacks happen, mishaps happen. Sometimes things don't work out that way, but they keep moving forward. They don't let it deter- uh, determine, you know, their self-worth or, or react impulsively. They can, they don't internalize the, the setbacks. I encourage everyone, you know, who's listening right now to do your own research. Everything that I've looked up and I studied, you know, in when I started to first learn about emotional intelligence, and I want to give a little uh, backstory on that. I was uh, talking to my aunt, and she, we were just talking about our childhoods and, and, you know, just understanding our emotional, you know, triggers and our attachment styles and how it stands for childhood. I'm going to get, in, get into that earlier. A lot of our develop, our emotional develop, our emotional intelligence actually starts within childhood. And I'm going to get into why we are the way we are now as adults because it's kind of like we call it a generational curse. People with low emotional intelligence, who lack emotional intelligence. Um, because when you a parent who has low emotional intelligence who might not, sorry, low or emotional intelligence, so I'm going to slow down a little bit, um, might be, you might be with a parent who is um, emotionally um, dismissive or you know, depressed or all, all kinds of things. Because as a child, because of our development is low at, the, at that moment, we look to them for guidance and cues on how to be and how to act. But at the same time, a parent who does not have emotional intelligence cannot give the child emotional intelligence. You cannot give someone something you don't have. So I just want to get to understanding, I want you guys to understand as, as I go in, that the goal is not to blame your parents who you are, but also to understand who you are and understand them a lot better as well. 
because I think as adults at this point, we can officially see our parents as things outside of us, not as extensions of ourselves, but as human beings with their own feelings, aspirations, desires, and timelines. So, again, I encourage all of you after this to, to get more educated on it, to, um, to become a more emotionally intelligent person, to become a key observer to, of your reality and who you are, when your emotional, or uh, your sorry, your emotional intelligence it can become possible. It it can become impossible. Sorry, for you not to flourish. I'm reading this. That's some, some of my notes. Sorry, I got kick and scratch. But um, when you are emotional, uh, intelligent person, it becomes impossible for you to to flourish. Impossible, because you understand who you are. You understand your limitations, and you understand where you excel. You understand where you need growth. So it becomes completely impossible for you not to flourish in life, for you not to succeed, because you don't internalize setbacks. You don't internalize, you know, trials and tribulations that come your way, because without that, they're going to come. You don't hold on to negativity and, and toxic people in, in your life, because you understand that people are, are going to come and go throughout your life. No matter the extent of your life, no matter how long it is or short it is, people are going to come and go in and out of your life. They're going to teach you things. You're going to learn things. And there are going to be some people who are going to stick with you forever, more than likely it's going to be your family or the family, your new family that you create. When you become an intelligent, emotional intelligent person, it becomes impossible for you not to flourish. And I have to learn that you, you, you understand that that failure is a part of life and you do not internalize it. Whether we admit it to ourselves or not, we are driven by our emotions. And to, I'm sorry, whether we admit it to ourselves or not, we are driven by our emotions. And it's good for us to process them out and not let them control us, not let them make us impulsive to the point that we're constantly being triggered and making regrettable decisions. Our emotions develop in our childhood, as I said before, uh, a little over half of the population actually secure emotional style um, um, based on their childhood. So um, something that we were, something I want to discuss, for instance, um, a person with high emotional intelligence or, I'm sorry, with low emotional intelligence who's about to finish childhood without it, for instance, uh, you might notice a person who had very angry and volatile uh, was a parents who snap easy, very petty, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it out on your kids because, you know, most people see their kids as a fiction of themselves but not as individuals. We'll have kids that grow up to be people pleasers because they're constantly having to feel like they have to constantly try to validate someone else, make them feel happy, have to please them because that's the way they grew up. Or someone who had a submissive parent, a parent who did not instill discipline or good values in them, but was always going to do whatever they want, might have an angry or out-of-control child because, they, again, they don't know how to correctly manage their emotions. A lot of us might grow up, you might um, recognize that in yourself, when you grew up in a household where you were just in constant fear of your parent or, for instance, you're in the room and your parent enters the room and you cannot focus on anything but the parent because you might have preoccupied anxious attachment style. You become a people pleaser in the world. You someone angry or somebody being mad at you because of your stuff and you have to constantly work and to be good enough always for them. Or the complete uh opposition someone with a parent who was just not who doesn't really instill discipline in them. Really instill um consequences when they um 
do something wrong or show them how to process, you know, what's going on with them or how they're feeling. We'll have one, we'll have like a more angry, outburst child. I feel like someone constantly has to, you know, please them. And that's when we uh, get into this understanding of what we call our shadow work and our shadow self, uh, when these things that stem from childhood that have to do with our emotional development as adults, how we process our emotions, how we deal with things, our triggers and our anxieties. Um, for instance, as a kid, just another example when it comes to shadow work and shadow stuff. Your shadow work and your shadow stuff is something that you is your is your stuff that you try to hide from the rest of the world. It's a, a part that you associate with shame or um, not deemed acceptable. Maybe you are a an emotion emotionally sensitive, expressive child, and you might grow up in a house with parents or older, or sorry, with your olders who are um emotionally dismissive. So they might shame you for that. You know, make you feel like showing that type of vulnerability is a sign of weakness, and you feel like it was wrong. So you hide that from this. You try to hide that from the world. But one thing that we know is that if you don't process your emotions, they don't go away. That's still a part of who you are. You know, you try to hide it. So you might end up with a child who's very depressed, who is um and very and very much denial about who they are and, and their relationships. They might always be, you might have someone who has to constantly have their ego fed, or when something goes wrong, they try to place blame on everyone else but on themselves. They can't properly assess the situation and look at it and see what went wrong and how to become a, a problem solver and an observer. Your shadow self is the side of yourself that you repress, it's the side that you hide from the rest of the world. You hide it because it's, at a certain point, as I said before, you were told that it was um, not an acceptable way of being. So you shove that aspect of yourself into our shadow side, and we don't want anyone to see it, the part of us, because it is, you know, associated with our shame. And I want you guys, if you get the chance, to go look up uh, this YouTube channel, uh, New Mind Frame, where she talks more about your shadow, your shadow self and how it's developed over childhood and how to process it and how to basically accept your demons. Instead of trying to constantly repress your demons, to accept them, understand them, and process them and understand where they stem from. And, again, you're going to see as you watch this page and we'll get into it, a lot of things start from within childhood to, to who we are as an adult. Um, our fears, our impulses, our desires, our weaknesses get stuck into our shadow side. The things that we are mostly ashamed of, you know, you might have someone who uh, often talks about this on the previous show. Like she said, she doesn't care about who you present to the world. She cares about who you are when you go home, your true self, the person that you wrestle with, the person who, you know, you are ashamed of and you try to hide from yourself and from the world. You, you put in denial. You don't want to come out. That's just that's the shadow side, and that's when we do our shadow work. We need to work on that side of ourselves that we really never really process or really dealt with. I think this is a extremely important for us to understand who we are because I think a lot of people who don't really understand, you know, who have emotional intelligence and how to deal with themselves. Uh, me, me and myself previously, um, before even understood it, you know, having this conversation with my auntie. Same thing. I had a list. And I wrote down every single thing that I feel like I need to work on that I was. I stuffed into my shadow side that I tried to hide so I can always project this image to the world. So the thing about it is that, that it doesn't go away. We still feel it internally. A person who stuffs their emotions down does not mean they, know they never feel it. They still feel it. 
they still have to process them, but they don't process them in a healthy way, so it's hard for them to have real relationships. It's hard for them to really connect with people. It's hard for them to genuinely talk with people, empathize with others, because they cannot get over their, their own selves. And then, again, when someone, for instance, someone who does that, who stuffs down their, you know, their emotions and their their vulnerability, I have a hard time saying that word, so I'm going to try to avoid it for the rest of the show. Um, for instance, they might get with someone, uh, someone who is uh, very emotionally expressive who might have an anxious, preoccupied attachment style to someone who is emotionally dismissive, and they they will see their weakness as their own shame. So they will shame them for it because that's what they know. That's something that they hate within themselves. So when you bring that out of yourself, it's hard for them to even open up at all. They shut back down. They close themselves off because that is something that they don't want brought out or talked about. So I want you guys, again, to do your own work. I encourage you to do this. And uh, one thing to do, if you are very interested in uh, dealing with your emotions and dealing with yourself and becoming a more uh, emotionally intelligent person and how to process and become a key observer and a problem solver is to, I repeat, is to um, do your shadow work. Do your shadow work. I want you to write down all the things about yourself, the things that you try not to deal with, things you try not to talk about, the things that you wrestle with that makes you anxious and you're confused about and you're constantly unsure of because it makes you and people who are unsure of themselves, they second-guess themselves because they're not really sure who, who they are really. They're really not. You're constantly in self-doubt. You can't trust your own self and your own decisions. You can't trust others because you don't know how to process your own emotions. You feel like people are responsible for how you feel, but your emotions are yours alone. So you got to know the difference between you hurt me and I was hurt by that. Because you have to understand why that hurt you, why you felt so triggered and, and hurt by that. And at the same time, I'm not saying people have the right to inflict pain on you, but an emotionally secure and intelligent person will not will understand why they feel the way and process that. Because when you do that, you will understand reality over your emotions and you will move accordingly. You ever uh, seen someone who was in a very toxic relationship? More than likely, it might have been a woman. And men go through it too. Oh, I think that bad. I'm just going to say both, men and women, because I know plenty of examples where you've seen men in just very toxic relationships and women as well. And you're just thinking to themselves, why won't you just leave? That seems like the obvious choice because someone would say, well, hmm, they, be, they berate and they belittle you, they lie to you, they cheat on you, they're inconsistent with you, they everything that a person just should not do to someone that they're in a relationship with that's just completely disrespectful and wrong, why would you still be with them? You're constantly in distress. You're constantly miserable. They rather choose abuse over abandonment. That is someone with low emotional intelligence. That is, I mean, that's completely obvious. But at the same time, you know, they might not ever really come out and say what's wrong with them. They might either seek attention for it or they just try to be in complete denial about it instead of processing it. A person with high emotional intelligence, you know, will understand that if a person is a certain way and they refuse to change, they refuse to grow, they can accept that and move on. Things that, you know, obviously not right, not that's, you know, toxic for them, that, is, that doesn't really stem for them to grow. There's no root for them to grow is to be a better, more emotional, uh, intelligent person. And that's just basic common sense. So why so why do some people do that? I know that plenty of us probably can think of relationships that we have been in personally where 
Uh, even in my past, you know, before saying, I'm, I'm still growing. I made mistakes. You know, I, I, I didn't grow up as an emotionally secure person, but I, I'm working on understanding what it means to be emotionally insecure and doing my work and my education on it, you know. But I've been with shifts before where I've stayed with people where, you know, my friends just couldn't get it. Like, why are you with this person? Why? You know, I, my, I think we was in a relationship for probably almost a year. I think I'm just thinking of one relationship that was the worst relationship that I probably was ever in. And everything I said before, this person did to me. And, and you know, it, it was stemming from my, as a childhood, you know, just having a parent who I didn't connect with 100%. Tom, you know, as, you know, more things came out, I was able to understand my parent more why they were like that. A person can't give you what they don't have. Your person, your parents find an emotionally secure person. They can't give, they can't teach you and show you emotional security. You know, so I became a classic people pleaser. So it got to the point that if something, someone did something wrong, it was my fault. It was my fault it didn't work out. If someone, you know, didn't um, treat me nice because it came, because I guess how I grew up in childhood. So it was got to the point where it was, um, I had to constantly please, you know, you have to constantly please the parents so they can be okay. And then if something went wrong, it was always your fault. You turn into, like I said, you turn into a constant people pleaser because that's the type of attachment style you're used to. And the person, you you know, you lose all self-respect. The people lose all self-respect for you. You begin to diminish in value to them because of not ever sticking up for yourself and just having respect for yourself as a person. And you yourself lose respect for yourself because you under you know. And any person in a relationship is aware that what's happening is wrong, but they don't understand how to process that away from that, to understand the reality of what happening is wrong and process that because it's really your, your fault. Yourself, for, for being in a situation, I know that's how people say, you know, like, it's not your fault, it is. When you don't take responsibility for yourself and your emotions to get up and walk away from something that is not right, to, as a person, understand that things aren't always going to be easy. It takes, you know, but uh, the process that you understand the work that needs to be done and getting it done. And doing it, period. And I, I encourage anyone to understand that. Like you are so, you you have so much strength and so much power over yourself. Stop giving it to other people. Stop putting that on someone else's shoulders. How you feel and how how you should be treated. You know how you should be treated. You understand how you feel. You have to understand where it comes from. You know why was this trip? Like why did that trigger me? Because I do care. You know, because um, because a part of me, you know, wanted that to work out, but I understand that it was not. I understand that this person is not someone who is truly invested in this that I care about as much as I am. So I, I take myself out of this situation. I move forward. And, and it's not a failure. You didn't lose anything. It's part of life. You, as person, an, emotion, as, uh, an emotionally intelligent person understands that, understands that it's part of the process. It's part of um, it's part of life. We move on. We don't internalize fear. We don't internalize setbacks. We don't see us. We don't belittle and berate ourselves because something didn't work out. We we under we understand where it comes from, and we and we, and we um, become an observer of others and ourselves, and on how to move accordingly. So again, when you guys are done with this, I I, say, I encourage you to look up shadow work. Shadow work is is a huge part of understanding who you are and why you are triggered by certain things, why certain things make you feel anxious or sad or 
impulsive. I so I understand you guys take to do your, sh- your, your shadow work because you understand a lot of our emotions and how we handle things, our anger, anxiety, desires, and impulses come from childhood, how, how we was brought up. And, again, I want to say this one more time. The goal is not to blame your parents for who they are because your parents cannot give you something that they do not have. So they never, if they were never taught understood emotional intelligence and uh, a secure attachment style, they can't put that onto you. You can't give what you do not have or understand. So it's up to you as a person to recognize who you are as an individual outside of that, where you need growth, where you need to to do better. Where does these emotions and, and these triggers, where did it come from? Where did it stem from? Why do I feel this way? Why am I so hurt by this? Why do I refuse to let this wound heal? So, for instance, you know, I've seen this, uh, this girl post online about how her mom believed in public humiliation when she did something wrong, and her mom became a trigger for her. So, for instance, if she might have been in public one day, let's say her friend just, just playfully made a, made a joke about her. And then everyone started laughing. For her, it might have triggered in an anxiety, you know, boost, or I'll say boost, I don't know if I'm saying that right, in her because um, for her childhood, from, the, from her childhood dealing with her public humiliation, so she might associate that with public humiliation. And then she might, for instance, just discard the friend, go off on the friend, start attacking the friend, you know, impulsively letting it out instead of her processing. Now, understand that it was, it was no harm meant. It, it could have been like a, a harmless joke, you know what I mean? No harm meant because it's, it's okay to laugh at yourself. But for her, because of what she'd been through, and she might become uncomfortable. Now, eventually she can express that, okay, you know, to her friend later in private or even in public, you know, hey, I was hurt by that. I don't like saying you for true friend. I'm like, oh, I apologize. I didn't understand. I didn't know. But it's not on a friend to make that person feel okay with themselves. It's up to you to understand that and process that yourself. Like, why did that hurt me? And then, of course, you know, as you do the work and as you understand yourself more, you might bring it back to that situation. But understanding that that person is not your mom. So you have to deal with these emotions properly. So, you know, an emotionally secure person might of course, just like last with it, you know, like I was talking to my friend about this earlier because I have a friend who's just kind of the same way, but I respect that because he was honest with me about that. But at the same time, another friend, you know, just talking about the topic, not the situation, but we don't care if people talk about us because we laugh at, we laugh at ourselves. It doesn't bother us. You know, we, we make jokes all the time. So someone said something about how I'm super anal all the time, how I always just like everything has to be organized and this, that, and the third, and I'm not going to get this anyway. I laughed because it was true. They were just sitting there talking about me. They were just like, you know, doing my gestures, but it was true. You know what I mean? But a person who doesn't understand where that comes from and, it, and why they're triggered by that or doesn't even try to process that trigger will immediately just be impulsive and just lash out. So the goal of emotional intelligence is to process these things, understand where they come from, and move forward to become a more to become a problem a problem solver, to become a, a more flourishing person in your life, and you'll be able to process these things and not internalize these things, take disagreements as confrontation, or let your triggers and impulses control you, so you're constantly being controlled by your emotions. To understand yourself beneath the surface. Outburst might be a plea for help or um, a, or um, a person who's like forcefully joyful might be a might be concealing sorrow you you understand what I'm saying 
Refuse to trust your first impulse rationally. Rationally um, deal with reality and make proper decisions logically. Hatred, my mass love, someone who just just tries to reject love, constantly reject love. Like you ever see someone who just constantly very negative about relationships because they might have had a bad experience. So they seem very angry and hateful towards relationships or men or women after that because they're trying to just reject that hurt and that love, you know. And what we really, really, what we really want to understand is life is not attacking us. It's not happening to us, happening because of us. And failure is not the end. And every day that you get up, you can just, you can always work harder. We're going to take a quick music break right here, and then we're going to continue to talk about uh, emotional intelligence, and then we're going to talk about the seven traits of an emotionally intelligent person. I think I, this was uh, probably one of my favorite parts about the study when dealing with emotional intelligence. So I'll be uh, right back, guys. Since the day that I was born, I've been looking out for love, but never really quite found the one. They say practice makes perfect. I know I deserve it. Sometimes we should do it for fun. Built from the ground to your heart, I am bound. 
Let the clock go around. Let the clock go around. Why you always take so long to call me? No, I gotta wake up in the morning. You know every second adds up to a minute. Need 10,000 hours. We can be so in love. Don't stop. I'm counting them up. Run the clock. I'll be counting them up. You're live on Awake with All Set on Evolution Radio. All right, guys. Um, we're back. We're back. Okay, so I want to give this a quick brief. Like, so when I come back from a break, I can just talk about what we talked about. So, we, so today's topic, again, is emotional intelligence. We just talked about what is emotional intelligence, how to become a more all-star. We haven't done that part yet. Uh, what is emotional intelligence? Where does our emotional triggers and anxiety triggers come from and stem from and shadow work? Okay, so as I was talking about before, um, triggers, emotion, anxiety triggers, what triggers us, you know, our emotional development, again, like I said, it's, it's, it happens in childhood. And I'm pretty sure you, I, a lot of us, you know, probably realize that not now or maybe later. And like I said, the goal is not to blame your parent because the parent cannot give you something that they do not have. Your, pers- your parent does not understand or know how to process emotions in a secure, healthy way. They cannot teach that and instill that in you. So it's up to you as an adult to understand your, you know, who you are, your triggers and your your impulses and your desires, where they stem from, and how to move forward into becoming a more emotionally intelligent person. Again, emotional intelligence is something that some people are born with and others are not. It can always, it can be developed. It's, it's a skill, just like any other intelligence. You know, you have to do your, your research. You have to do your work to become a more emotionally intelligent person. Um, another thing for us, you know, the first thing I said before, an emotionally intelligent person does not act on their first impulses. As I gave the example for the the, the girl that I've seen online who was talking about how her mom became a trigger for her because she believed in public humiliation. Um, a lot of times when, we, when we're dealing with something, we're angry about something, you know, and we're just, we can't see past our emotions we have to process why we feel that way. Because a lot of times, you know, a sad solution can always turn into a positive one just by change in our perspective, and that's 100% true. Sometimes we're, um, matter of fact, the other day I was at work, and I was just in a funk. I was upset. I, things were annoying me, and I just said to myself, I said, you know what, I'm just going to surrender to the day. And uh, I'm going to get over myself and know that it's not all about me because, I, I mean, I was just annoyed, but I wasn't really having a bad day. And I was like, why am I so annoyed? And I was so upset, you know, then I looked within myself and realized that, you know, I just needed to get over myself. And I understood why I was upset and I can get too into that right now. But, um, yeah, um, how, but how you interpret yourself. It's in, in, in to understand where your emotions right, uh, arise from, how our childhood influences us, and how we might navigate our fears and our wishes. 
that's something that we have to, you know, understand and something I have to understand as well. I think the first the first step is to understand your childhood and how it has a big how it plays a big role and I keep tapping on that because that's honestly the first step. Understanding how your child has a, a role and effect on how you handle situations and relationships, business and personal. Because, you know, a lot, a lot of times people might, you know, men might grow up in a childhood where, you know, the image you project was more important than how you really feel. Like I've seen this uh, post online, and I, and I hate using social media as uh, an example, because even though sometimes they do post, you know, I follow certain people who post, you know, things that correlate with my core beliefs, but it just enforces, like, the worst stereotypes. But anyway, um, the post is like, your child's feelings is more important than their grades. So, for instance, your child might come home, and um, he might ask them how was school instead of, you know, trying to indefinitely figure out, you know, how do they feel about certain things and how they're processing, you know, their relationships with certain people and themselves, understanding, you know, themselves more creatively. A lot of times people don't even understand themselves. You know, they might be second guessers. They might, you know, always be in doubt about themselves. They're not really secure in who they are and what they want. Uh, a person with a low emotional intelligence. So it's important that we teach our kids and our young ones emotional intelligence at a young age before they make too many mistakes so they can properly uh, process and understand how they feel um, about, you know, their emotions, how to become a problem solver instead of, you know, an, an impulsive actor. So they're constantly just acting impulsive, acting on their sadness, their emotions, and they become anxious. They, their, their judgment is always clouded and impaired by their emotions instead of thinking logically and rationally about each situation. It's important that we understand our reality and not try to deny and try to interpret it to what we want it to be. As I was giving an example you know, earlier about, like, someone who might be, might have been that you know in a very toxic relationship, you understand what I'm saying, and it's because, they have low emotional intelligence how to deal with things. They they have, you know, a preoccupied or dismissive attachment style. A person um, with high emotional intelligence, sorry for the pause, I'm reading my notes, and I kind of already went through this page, but I just didn't look at it. But anyway, with the last page, anyway, you know, a person with a high emotional intelligence realizes that their feelings are belong to them, to them himself alone. So what that means is, um, like I said before, if someone might say something to you and it might trigger something in you, like if the girl before with the with the Shaham mom was a trigger for her. So a, 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 a person with high emotional intelligence will try to will understand like why was I so hurt by that? Why did that trigger me? Why was I so bothered with that? They will look within themselves instead of pin the responsibility on someone else to always validate them and make them feel okay with themselves. They would try to constantly put that responsibility on someone. That's when someone relationship always butting heads with someone because you might end up, because most times you end up with someone who has the complete opposite attachment style as you, and you both constantly feel like you need to validate each other. You both constantly have to feel like they have to make you feel good about yourself. But that is your role to me is to see my ego and make me feel good about myself and serve me. That's, that's someone's main goal in a relationship because they don't understand themselves, more than likely. They don't understand how to process their own emotions, how to, how as individuals, understand that they're responsible for their own feelings. And I'm not, and, and I'm not saying that a person should disrespect you. I talked about that earlier. Like, you should not take disrespect for how you process it 
and how you react to it is yours alone. That's on you. Like I said before, if you you can't place blame on being in a toxic situation for a long time when you have every responsibility to yourself to move forward, to get out of it, to not let yourself be damaged and, you know, disrespected and understand that that's not for you. Feelings are yours alone, and, and you are responsible for how you feel, understanding how you feel and why you feel that way. That's the, that's the key point of emotional intelligence, you know. And, I, I again, I encourage you guys to look this up because I, I have um, – I'll post some of the links that I have in my phone or on um, – on my Facebook page, it's like Tiki McClellan, just you guys want to look it up to understand this more in-depthly. And so identify, you know, I want you to just identify your own emotions and but and understand, you know, where they stem from. Um, so I'm trying to see if I'm really incoherent. I did not organize this right. Okay, so we start talking about a leader here because a good leader has the ability to see. Okay, here we go. Okay, so another important part of emotional intelligence is and then will understand and can read the the mood in um of someone else nonverbal, you know, uh, uh, expressiveness. I guess like you know they can understand you know and, and read them and observe them and act accordingly. So a good example uh, that I have is that as a good leader will understand, um, have the ability to see what motivates others and build on that motivation. So you'll be able to observe someone and understand them a lot better as an emotionally intelligent person. Understanding that, that's why I'm talking about, gave the examples before of a, a person who might be very angry or have very hatred towards relationships and women because they might have, it's more than likely coming from hurt, you know, and wanting love. A person can understand, you know, that a person's, you know, constant outbursts or just forceful uh, joyfulness and silliness might might mask their sorrow, their constant sadness. You never heard the expression "have to laugh to keep from crying." So, an emotionally intelligent person will, will be able to to tap on, you know, understanding people outside of themselves as well. It's not just about understanding yourself; it's also about being able to understand and recognize the emotions of others and um, how to influence others. Does that make sense? So it's not only about your stuff, but also how you uh, process and deal with other people's emotions and feelings as well as you become a more uh, emotionally intelligent person. Understanding people more based off how they react and how they deal with it. And I think it's very important that we all become very honest with how we feel um, openly without placing blame anywhere on anyone else, but just expressing how you feel and why that triggered you or why that was not okay with you. It's important that we become more honest and open with each other about our feelings, not in a way where we're needing, looking for empathy. I'm not sorry, sorry, sympathy. We're looking for sympathy or we're looking for someone to serve us and make and validate us. But in a way that we're expressing, we're being expressive about how we feel. And of course, we can understand that, understand that that's not okay and don't cross that line ever again. Setting emotional boundaries for yourself with others. So now that we talked about, you know, just I just gave a quick rundown of, you know, all the things that I understand about emotional intelligence. Again, this is really, really new. It's really uh, kind of coming up and people are becoming more, um, trying to become more emotionally intelligent person. People understanding that a lot of their attachment styles and their 
and the way they react to things and their impulses, you know, have a sense from their childhood. So the first thing that you have to understand is understand, you know, who you are and how your your childhood and how you develop the emotion, the emotion and attachment style that you have now. And then the second step is to, you know, recognize your shortcomings, recognize where you need growth, recognize the things about yourself that you don't like that you try to hide. That's doing your shadow work, you know, your your inability to express yourself emotionally, your inability to be secure with your own decisions in yourself, your inability to connect with other people, your, your inability to be social and make rational, logical decisions without being too impulsive, your inability to um, to say no to things that you know is not right for you and focus on, you know, your core goal, or your, or your inability to um, not internalize your failures and make them validate you feel like you're not good enough. So now that we're going to talk about, you know, I want to get into this because this is my favorite part because this, it just, it breaks it down more clearly. I got, um, I don't remember what I got this from. So I'm, I'm going to read off of a, I, I'm a person on my Facebook, but it's a video that I've seen online and it talks about seven traits of an emotionally intelligent person. And they broke it down so clearly. So, um, it's going to be on my Facebook page, but I don't have it. I don't remember the name of it right now, but it's in my history. So, number one, they can read nonverbal communication. They understand posture. They look on someone's face to determine what their mood is. So, a um, emotionally intelligent person is in such an empath. They can be empathetic. They can they can read, you know, your mood. They can, like, for instance, you may see someone who, uh, you're with someone, because because they they're not emotionally intelligent, so they can't really see that someone's not into them. They give them all the signs and signals that they might seem as just a friend or they're just not interest, interested. But they can't read, you know, the emotions of someone else, you know, in in their mood. So they might, you know, someone might want space and they're becoming more closed off. They will double down and just get in there, you know. Or someone might, you know, seem like they need someone to talk to and they might just ignore it and keep walking because they can't read the emotions of the others. They don't know how to have a a connection or a real relationship with someone else. Okay, and the next one, they are interested in others and their feelings and thoughts. So, and uh, like I said, because they they can, you know, understand and process their feelings with others as well as themselves because they can understand others as, and they can also understand themselves and their own emotions, they can um, talk to someone and genuinely listen to what they have to say, genuinely be intrigued to, you know, what they're talking about, what they're, um, what they, you know, need to express and get off their chest and understand others. Number three, you know, they are resilient. Bad things, like I said, this is my favorite part because it's so true because I've never been this way. I always understood that bad things happen, but some people don't. You know, bad things happen in life. They're set back, but we understand that there will more. And what that means is that just after one thing happens, now you get up and get past it, you understand that, you know, there's still going to be trials and tribulations. There's still going to be hiccups along the way. There's still going to be, you know, you, uh, what they call hurdles we have to jump. It's still going to happen, you know. A But you understand that you are strong enough to, you know, uh, to, you know, get over it. You don't, you know, I'm saying, I'm saying you don't internalize failure. For instance, um, you lose a job, your significant other leaves you and moves on. You know, you don't internalize that with your own self. You don't down, you understand, you know, that these things happen. You process them. I'm not saying you become, you know, emotionally cold or 
you act like you don't care, but you under, you understand why they hurt you. You understand why it hurts, but you also understand that there's gonna that there's more to come. So you just so it's it just like I said, it's a change in your perspective, having a better, more positive outlook on life because you know what you're capable of. You know your worth. You know that that doesn't diminish who your worth is and who you are. If that makes sense. You know, as a failure come, now you say, you don't go, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, you know. You understand that that hurts, and it's, you know, it's a part of life. You know, you process that, you, you heal, and you move on. And you know where you need improvement. Um, for instance, a person with low emotional intelligence that, that I, don't, I don't want you guys to get these two confused, someone who, who is just have high self-esteem to the point that they're in denial about their growth. They have no humility. They're not humble. That is someone who, someone who knows that when something does go wrong, they place the blame everywhere else but on themselves. They can't see their own actions and their own mistakes to become a better person, to become a better problem solver, how to deal with things. When something goes wrong, you know, they just try to figure out who, who else fault it or if it wasn't because of this, this went wrong. They just understand, you know, that, hey, you know, this is where I need improvement. They understand, you know, saying you might be a procrastinator, you might be lazy, you might not, you might be distracted, you might be a person who, um, like, for, um, I'm trying to think of another thing. I can't think of anything, but I think you guys get the spirit of what I'm trying to say. Uh, I, I'm trying to read off my own list. I can't, try, I can't think of it right off my head. So, but anyway, yeah, and you work on those things. You understand those things because you're always growing. You're always, you know, always understanding that you're, that you're going to grow. Number five. You are aware of your own feelings. You know how you are feeling. You know what caused those feelings, how to process and how to deal with your feelings. You, your feelings um, go towards finding a solution rather than, you know, shutting down. So you're listening to someone who gets that and really shut down and break down, but instead of an emotionally intelligent person, instead of doing that, they will process them. They understand where they come from and how to move forward. What is the best possible solution for dealing with this, you know, how can I keep myself from feeling this way or how do I get into a, a better position, like same thing, so you don't, some kind of goes hand in hand with internalizing failure, you know, someone just doesn't, they don't, they don't let it shut down and break them and weaken them, but they process them and understand them and try to find the best solution and understand why they feel that way and where are these things and where does it come from. And number six is no negative self-talk. I kind of already went over this before because it kind of associated with uh, three and five. Um, so I'm still going to read the list anyway. When something goes wrong, they do not. Um, oh, when something goes wrong, even by their own mistakes, you do not, you know, berate and belittle yourself. So even if you made a mistake yourself, you know, you understand and you process it and you move forward, you don't just start putting yourself down like, I'm stupid, I'm this, I'm that, and the third, you know. You know, start to put yourself down as someone who isn't worthy of, like, doing good or doing better in fixing situations. You're, you're able to acknowledge what went wrong and, you know, move forward from that and understand your mistakes and not do it again. And you explore and you explore your options for solving the problem. And number seven, you pursue success. I think all of these go hand in hand, as we talked about before, someone who uh, might have had a dismissive parent, as I said before, who turned into a, a, a people pleaser, someone who has to always have to validate someone. So 
um, they second guess themselves. Those are those are the main people who really have a hard time with success because they more than likely have the answers correct, the high attachment style. So basically, what that means is like when someone leaves them, they feel like ten. They feel the like breakup ten times more than the average regular person would. So they're constantly thinking about that person, constantly checking them, constantly you know checking their horoscope, just all type of things where they're constantly on their Facebook page because their their mind gets hijacked in the situation that they can't really focus on anything else but that. And I want to say one thing: pursuing um, success is goes hand in hand with your attitude and your um, perception of yourself and how you deal with things. Understanding setbacks and struggles, and no matter how long it takes, you don't give up on your core goal, your key goal. You know, you accept the entire you know human experience along the way. You set goals, and regardless how long it takes, you you meet them. You deal with setbacks, adjust to shortcomings, and know. The only way you lose is if you give up. A lot of things that go into your emotional development is number one, the teammate. So there's, there's, there's a small part of this list that you probably already, you know, identify with because certain things that we're already uh, in our, you know, have as, an, you know, as a childhood that we probably do have. And also your environment and your attitude go towards, you know, your, develop, your emotional intelligence and development. And, again, like I said, this is not, this is nothing that you are born with. It's, it's intelligence, education, it's in the word. It's something that you can become. You can become a more intelligent, emotionally intelligent person, a more key observer, a more person who is developed emotionally to handle situations logically and rationally, rather impulsively. A person who understands where they understands themselves completely, where they come from, understand the, cap- the capabilities and the limitations. You can do so much with just the change in your attitude, how you perceive things. I will never recant that because I stand on that so hard, and I have to learn that myself because, I, you know, if you guys listen to any of my podcasts, I tell you a lot of what I've been through and who I am now. It's just so, no matter how long it takes, that's why, you gotta, that's why people say focus on yourself because this is your story. You can go so far, and it's really, it starts with the change within and understanding yourself and how you d- handle and deal with people. Don't let yourself be walked on and don't feel like the only way for you to succeed is by walking on other people. Understand yourself and how to understand each situation, you know, rationally and to deal with it and how to move forward. Conquer your emotions. Be a better problem solver. And avoid miscommunications and misunderstandings. So for all of us to do this, we must got to be more open with how we, how we feel and process our emotions and not take every setback and, you know, uh, failure as negative and every uh, disagreement as confrontation when it comes to moving forward. That's all that I have for you guys today. I thank you guys for listening to me, um, dealing with emotional intelligence. Again, I encourage you guys, I sincerely encourage you guys to do the work and understand this topic a little bit more um, when it comes to dealing with your emotions and you know, like I said, it starts with your childhood, understanding how, how that has a core, you know, correlation with who you are as an adult, doing your shadow work, you know, finding natural limitations, where you need to grow, and then understanding emotional intelligence more in-depthly, looking to it, you know, becoming more emotionally intelligent, look it up, how to process emotions, deal with the emotions, understand it every single day, you know, practice it, put in your work towards it, you know, you can you can do it, you know. Um, for people who are dealing with emotional things, like you know how to manage your anger, how to manage your, I guess I guess I'll say people who are people pleasers, you know, how to manage, you know, balance, um, not internalizing 
every single, you know, personal, every single thing that you deem negative as it's towards you, how to take responsibility for your own feelings, for your own feelings, for your own feelings, how you feel, your own feelings. They are yours. No one else is responsible for them but you. Now, again, if I give people a pass for how you practice things, how you react to things, is completely on you, period. So, again, I can say, guys, uh, look this up. Um, like I said, this is fairly new. There's still more information coming out about it, and I'm very happy that, you know, I was able to have these discussions and have um, this brought to my attention to understand myself more, you know, looking for myself more. I got this thing. I hope you guys can still call it the gratitude journal. You write about things that you're happy for, about and things that and set goals for yourself, you know, um, and it helps you understand and deal with life just a little more, um, a little better. Because you get to understand who you were and how well the other people are. And that's all that I have for you guys today. I thank you guys for tuning in. This was a wicked offset to take over emotional intelligence and dealing with anxiety triggers. Tune in every Monday from 10 a.m. to 12 to Awake with Offset on Evolution Radio, where the revolution is the evolution.